What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Pretty good today? Yeah. Yeah. No, today's, uh, today's a good day. Dealing with dog fur and wonderful life adventures. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, uh, it's, such, it's such a weird time because I was, you know, as I was driving down here to meet you guys, <clears throat> I'm like, like, what are we going to talk about? Like, you know, you know, you know why I'm, the fuck does this guy want to <laughs> interview me? <laughs> I know. It's like, what are we, what are we going to talk about? And like, what are we going to recap and stuff like that? And it's, uh, the, the weirdest thing is, is like, you know, over the past couple like months and stuff like that, you know, I've been doing a lot of traveling and I've been seeing my, some of my closer friends less and less. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have, I'm going to give them like these like recaps, like, so, you know, what have you been up to the past couple months? You know, and it's almost starting to sound like I'm lying. Yeah. <laughs> because life is so wild. The vortex is so real. Dude, once you kind of like jump out of that, like prescribed life. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of like hop into like the entrepreneurial world and then you start growing your own business. You start doing things for yourself and meeting all different types of people from every single walk of life that you could imagine. Dude, that's the biggest thing right there. Yeah. It's just the amount of contacts you bring. And then like when you bring those contacts in, you learn about their lives. And then the crazy thing is like not even just learning about their lives, but learning about possibilities. Yeah. Like, oh, you're living life like that. I didn't even know that was an option. (laughs) I need to reconfigure mine. Has it has it at all um, been crazy for you with some of the people that you're rubbing shoulders with or um, spending time with? God, why is that happening? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people that I, like, look up to. I mean, even just being in some of the rooms with a little remix. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. There we go. That's much better. But so continue. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, obviously, like you know, on any of the big guys that are in our circle, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know, I've always kind of had like loose contacts, you know, with being in the fitness industry for the past, you know, because that's where you come from. Yeah, and we'll get into that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so you kind of knew some of these people, kind of didn't know some of these people, but then also too, it's the hunting industry. And, like, the outdoors industry is so wild. It's because, like, for a couple months a year, everyone's in that industry. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what industry you're coming from. You know, between September and December, everyone kind of is like, all right, guys. Yeah, converges together and everybody's going on their hunts. Everybody's doing their seasons, whether it's whitetail hunting back east or western hunting out here for elk, mule deer, and who knows what else, or international hunts. It's the entire anyone who's passionate about the outdoors and hunting animals for themselves and putting their own organic food on the table, killing their own animals, everybody kind of comes together under one house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's wild. And it's also too, like, you know, you know, when we were in TAC, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we were at the, like the Yeti party and to some of those guys at the Yeti party, I was like, everyone's like, who's the guy with the long beard? I was like, that's E-Jack. <laughs> like, you don't know E-Jack? I was like, E-Jack's well, so cool. I was dude. like, well, <laughs> the I, nicest guy on <laughs> planet Earth. The coolest Earth, dude in the world. I'm like, yeah. but like, you know, for me, you know, I've been watching him on snowboarding videos forever. Since you were a kid. Since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, and I was like, 
and it's weird that like I, you know, and I've been snowboarding for, you know, going on 20, 22 years and, you know, I snowboard a lot. I moved to Montana to actually just be able to snowboard more mm-hmm. and Have better uh, snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is wild that I meet him through hunting Yeah. instead of like through like the snowboarding industry, which is, it's kind of like a cool, like, you know, it's everything circles. Seriously interesting in the last five years watching the growth of celebrity athletes from all walks of you know the athletic world whether it's weightlifting snowboarding baseball you know football you name it watching all these new folks come in that are of top tier status in the celebrity kind of realm for sports and seeing them all take an interest and pick up an interest in hunting and watching them be comfortable being open about it and and maybe they're not to the maximum open about it but they share about it they talk about it they're not afraid of it you know they embrace it they embrace the lifestyle and they want to become part of that lifestyle it's it's been pretty it's been a pretty amazing phenomenon and i think that as a whole for us as hunters it's extremely to our benefit because they're going to be able to share the message of ethical hunting compared to where everybody talks about trophy hunting and everyone's, oh, you're only out there killing for the, the horns. And they don't understand, well, an animal with bigger horns is an animal that's been around longer. Or, you know, it, it, it <clears throat> you're not out there killing yearlings, which, I mean, I can say I've killed my fair share of yearlings in my upbringing mm-hmm. in hunting and horn hunting. And, you know, any animal that was legal was a le- was an animal that I would shoot. I'd have no problem with that. To Absolutely, yeah. Where I've established myself now, where I'm more comfortable, and I'm also hunting in better states with better animals, um, taking an animal that's been around longer, and looking more for that mature animal, not just for the horn and the grip and grin and the trophy photo, but it's it's been around longer. It's harder to hunt. It's more of a challenge. There's more effort and energy that's put into it, you know. But it's... To, to what you're saying, like, it's it's amazing to see all these people coming in and embracing the outdoor lifestyle more than just being a backpack, you know, trail hiking person. Exactly, exactly. And that's the nice thing, too, is, like, it also gives us something as a brand to, like, reach out to people and start a conversation real quick. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everyone's like, hey, you should go work with this celebrity or this celebrity or this celebrity. But it's like... You know, our goal isn't to work with the biggest people. Mm-hmm. It's to find the biggest hunter in every industry yeah. and work with that guy. Yeah. You know, he might be the hundredth, you know, UFC fighter or the two hundredth golfer, yeah. you know, in the world. But to us, like, he's the guy we want to talk to all day. We're finding the authentic person, the person who's in it for the right reasons, and, exactly. you know, who might have more, a little bit more of a knowledgeable background, or you know, more established, you know, mm-hmm. as far as hunting is concerned. Right, right. And, you know, and the other thing that you touch base on, too, is like someone who's willing to be open, open about hunting, too. You know, that's something that we're kind of losing, you know, like in the industry. I mean, not even the industry, but just in general, you know, there's a lot of people who hunt, but there's a lot of people who are quiet about it, too, because they're worried about any type of backlash. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, and this is something I do, I do a lot of brand partnerships, you know, and, and you can kind of read our posts and stuff like that. I get heated about it because there's all these companies that, you know, they they service to the hunting industry, but they don't like support it or they're not yeah. outspoken or proud about it. And it's something I want, you know, I take passion about is like, you know, we're a hunting knife company. Our knives are meant for hunting. They're yeah. meant to get bloody. And that's what a, that's what the original purpose of a knife was for. 
Yeah. You know, like, yeah. let's not shy around it. You know, I love the EDC world. I love, you know, that, that a lot of people are embracing our knives and carrying them, um, using them as tools and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, our knives are meant to be bloody. And that's, <laughs> and, and it's, I can't tell you how proud we are. Like this, so technically we're going into our, like our second, like real hunting season this year. Mm-hmm. And the amount of knives that people are like, amount of pictures that people are sending us of their knives. It's got to feel good. Bloody, like in their hands. In use. In, in use. What their, their intended purpose is. And it's just, it's so humbling. It's so awesome. And, and just even to the fact that like, you know, some of these hunts these guys are going on, you know, even if it's an international hunt, and you know, a local hunt, going to a different state, you know, this is kind of probably like the highlight of that guy's year. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's like, and you know, after you get your kill, you know, not that we're celebrating the kill, but I mean, like that moment of, you know, you, you took your shot, you tracked your animal down, you kind of have that, you know, you walk up to your animal and you kind of have, you know, there's always like that little bit of a spiritual moment. There's an emotional intensity behind it. You're taking a life. That's a serious concept. You know, it, it, it doesn't bother me, I guess, to say when people say harvest, you know, like, oh, I harvested this animal and I understand the concept behind it. And I used to do it myself, but I think the importance of stating the fact the reality is that that's not maybe you're harvesting the meat after you kill something but you're taking its breath away you are killing the animal i am i'll speak for myself i'm killing that animal i'm taking its life it is no longer in existence it's no longer breathing pissing shitting eating it's eliminated from any gene pool whatsoever um, except for maybe the offspring if it's a mature animal and that i think is an important fact to not shy away from so i i love the fact that you're saying kill because it is important to always remember what we are doing and there's no way to really water down death death is death and it's it doesn't discriminate you know on any level whatsoever oh 100 and you know another thing too is like i never really hear people talk about this too but it's like it's really one of the only decisions in life that you can't take back Mm mm-hmm and it's something that, like, I mean, once that trigger's pulled, once that arrow's, you know, you flung. flung, it's like that decision is made. You mm. can't take it back. <laughs> no, there's, there's, no, you and, can't. and there's no, like, oh, I'll fix it later. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, there's no, you know, there, there's no fixing it later. There's no Well, that's where the ethics year. comes in, too, you know, and making sure that you have the right shot and making yeah. sure that everything is set up and good to go so that when you hit that animal with your arrow or with your with your projectile with your bullet that you know it's it's a very short experience for the animal the death is not a prolonged agonizing right painful process yeah exactly exactly um but 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 even like going back to like um you know what i was saying about like the whole you know people sending us pictures and stuff Mm -hmm. like that too you know it's like you know after the kill and when they're harvesting and all that stuff but the fact that like people are stopping to take pictures of our knives during they want to during they're excited about it is like that's the coolest thing to us it's absolutely like the coolest feeling you know ever so and i feel the same way when people are posting animal legs and they're posting flip-flop photos or they're you know what i mean they're excited and they're they're sending me a picture of all the legs that they've collected for the year from the animals they've killed and i'm like that's so cool yeah you know like so i i can relate on the sense of like I mean, it's not knives that I'm selling, obviously. It's it's different, but, like, 
being able to receive that same sort of love from people that are passionate about it is so remarkable and it feels yeah. so good too yeah it does. And, and, dude, what, what you're doing with the flip-flop is it's so needed right now <laughs> more than like i think people realize because I, I don't know if you and josh touched base on it but you know over this over on the, past, the vet hunt yeah on the like the vet the vet weekend and all that stuff and then like even you know you know what we've been doing over the past year is bringing people into the forge and like in you know we've been we've been forging meat in front of the forge and then we're all sitting around and we're eating off the same like the same plate the same everything and i mean you know it's just that sense of community mm -hmm. like is needed and that's what your like, it brings the community to the table it does yeah josh was talking about it when him and i were speaking a little bit ago how like everyone kind of showed up it was a little bit awkward there's kind <laughs> of an edge on the scene um he didn't put it in those exact words but it's my my take on what he was saying and you know he he said he just pulled out this entire deer leg and everyone kind of looked at him like he's fucking nuts and like <laughs> he threw it on the fire and in a minute everybody's eating and it brought the camaraderie to the group and it brought everyone together and so by the end of the night it was just like everybody had known each other for their whole lives yeah yeah, and, yeah. And, and there's probably something in our DNA about that. Oh, 100%. You know what I yeah. mean? Like just that goes back so far that we can't even, you know, we're getting back into woolly mammoths and, you know, everything else that we were killing and eating way back then on open fire and the whole deal. It's, it's, it's something that's in our blood that is just, you know, unparalleled to anything else. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially that time at Winter Strong. How many legs did we do at Winter oh, Strong? Oh, we did nine legs at Winter Strong. Legs, yeah. uh, pretty much like at once. And yeah. it was like, you know, people were lining up to help. And it was just, I mean, it really, it was as primal as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> it fit the narrative, though, for what we were doing that weekend. It, did. it was pretty neat, man. Was, oh, that was cool. That was insane for me because that was the first time I'd ever done something to that magnitude. And, and, trying to explain and teach it to a group of 150 people with nine legs and you know a bunch of different sets and oh god that was just it was cool it was nuts man it was cool. absolutely nuts <laughs> it's cool watching people fight over it too <laughs> yeah watching the legs get handed out you know like i mean what an opportunity i, I just i'll never be able to thank bert enough for oh. for that and and uh getting to share with that many people that many athletes that are in their own realm and their their own their top level in their own realm and there's so many different realms that were there it's just fucking bananas oh it's insane yeah yeah what would what, what he has going on at winter strong cannot be, cannot be duplicated no and it's just and it's crazy like cuz you know I tell a story all the time. Like, if it wasn't for Winter Strong, it wouldn't be Montana Knife Company. Mm -hmm. You know, the connections that were made two years at Winter Strong is what forged Josh and I together. Yeah. And then, like, literally the next year, you know, how many more connections we made there? And it's just, it's the right people, the right place. Well, it's like, it was interesting hearing him talk about his first experience and then the second experience there. And it's like the first experience kind of puts your foot in the door. And the second experience lays the foundation of everything that's actually starting to get built you know and 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 hearing that was kind of neat you know and like and i i totally listening to it and his perspective on it was was it was pretty cool because to what you're saying like the people that you're meeting and the people you're rubbing shoulders with and everything that's going on there <clears throat> 
you can't duplicate that. You can't replicate that and you can't replicate the environment and the level of intimacy that happens. And I, and I don't mean sexual intimacy. I just mean like human interaction, authenticity and intimacy from brother to brother, sister to sister, you know, building a tribe. Right. Um, and really honing in on that, you know, it's just absolutely remarkable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, living in tents, you know, eating off of <laughs> the, the tent same. city. Yeah. Like all that, I, that's, I mean, that's, that's that primal nature. I think yeah. that's what we all want and we all need. And I think those weekends, you know, especially last year coming off towards the end of, you know, everything that was COVID. going on, Fuck. going on, like the timing couldn't have been better. Yeah. You know, and the, you could really tell people were just like, it's, you know, they needed that. Oh yeah. 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 So, so first, I mean, I guess we haven't even gotten into who you are. So yeah. who are you? <laughs> I love this question. I remember like on my first podcast, someone asked me that and I was like, <gasps> I like stop because it's like you know who am I? Who am I? Who <laughs> what is that? What is that movie where it's like? Oh, it's uh, God, uh, Ben Stiller. Who am I, God? <laughs> oh, uh, I can't remember. Zoolander. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Who am I? Who am I? What? What am I? It, it's not even like who am I. It's like what am I doing right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of deal. So, um, you know, obviously my name is Brian Haraho. Um, you know, I've been in the. Uh, like creative marketing, graphic design, photography, kind of business building aspect, um, you know, for the past like 12 you know, or 15 years, um, different industries. Um, right now, currently, you know, like obviously my main focus right now is Montana Knife Company, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Where do you come from, though? So you're I, talking about the fitness world. Yeah. So from the fitness world, um, I so I started with um, a little supplement company called mm-hmm. USP Labs, um, which made that product jacked. Mm-hmm. So if, if anyone's <laughs> if anyone's in the uh, in the fitness industry listening to this, you I've pr- taken that once or twice. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> probably remember that product, and it was it was crazy because it was all that that company was all timing because um, it was late like 2007, 2008, 2009, that company kicked off. Um, that was at the very end of the magazine era, going into the social media era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also too, at the same time, that was when GNC owned the world yeah. in the fitness industry. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember Gold Card Week. Yeah, like, GNC crushed it for crushed so long. It. Yeah. yeah, I forgot how many stores they had because they were in like every mall, every shopping mall. I think they had like, between like airports and everything else and they had like 5,000 stores, 10,000 stores. So if you were the number one product in that, in that store, mm-hmm. I mean, you can only imagine what those POs are, you know, it's kind of like, you know, getting a PO at Walmart right now yeah, kind of deal. So they were just doing astronomical. It was, it was cool to be in that company during that time and watching like some crazy growth go on. Um, and then obviously, um, we all kind of know the history of the company. They, they, um, they had some legal battles. Um, mm-hmm. they fought a ton of legal battles, you know, and it was weird cause I was, you know, I was mid-level entry level in there. So I was privy to some stuff, but not privy to everything that was going on at the time. And, uh, but it was like, you know, the, no matter what they did, whether they did right or they did wrong. It was crazy, though, to be on the opposite end of watching um, a government agency take on a corporation mm-hmm. and just watch the pretty much the FDA literally bleed a company dry for five years straight. Really? You know, and five years, you know, when you think about five years, uh, you know, like, that's not that long. 
but really but that's mean, like a make or break company right there five years for a company is a yeah it's a stretch man yeah i always like to say like you know five years is going to be your make or break yeah no exactly yeah. and this is this is after their, their heyday they're after their peak so um but it was you know just like the wolf of wall street thing you know you know i got to see fda i got to see raids i got to see people you know scanning hard drives like all this like really? crazy stuff and you know and um so like I said, I don't want to get in like crazy details yeah. just because, and a lot of this stuff is obviously all public, you yeah. know, you know, it's very, 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 very public. Yeah. You but can share whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah. Don't trip. But, um, but, you know, but watching, you know, the F and this is one of the, you know, you know, we never really found out why they targeted us. The, the, the goal was always, I mean, the, the idea was, you know, we were the biggest at the time in GNC, the biggest number. So, and you know, a lot of politics, one of the you know, politicians wanted to kind of like, make their name by going after the supplement industry that was growing bigger than pharma. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of seeing some of these underlying tones now with some of the things going on yeah, right now. For sure. So, you know, if you have a fat loss product that's, you know, making people lose weight and give them energy and all this stuff and they're not dependent on other products, you know, I, you know, I, the underlying tone was that, you know, the supplement industry started pulling away from pharma. Pharma got involved and kind of started, you know, taking on Big some. Big pharma is a fucking monster. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It started taking on some of these, you know, these, these you know, supplement companies. Um, so they so they tried to get a case going against the company. You know, that was all, you know, proven false. You know, the DOD, like everything was all, you know, everything was kind of like acquitted. But once the FDA puts in so much time and money, into an into an investigation they have to get that money back Mm -hmm. so um so what they did is they pretty much just they just strung along all these like court dates and all this stuff and then they finally went in and started like cooking books and stuff like that and that's where you know it was kind of like this a slow death of the company wow but just watching it kind of happen was was wild yeah you know and and you know mutual friend Casey yeah. you know the two of us like we tried our hardest to keep that ship alive for as long as we possibly could I mean <laughs> and I, Casey I, is tacked calories yep, owner yep yep, yep. Casey's tacked calories owner and I mean he he went down you know I mean he, he was there until like the last day and I was I left just a couple months right before him for another opportunity and uh but that was a wild wild period in my life you learn a ton from that mm-hmm. like you know going kind of seeing all that and being a part of it and well just watching it and understanding it and being on the inside of it and knowing knowing the the ins and the outs of actually what's happening not just what's being reported about right happening. yeah and, and that was the wild thing too a lot of people you know a lot of people don't understand is that you know we, we had all these like negative press pieces that are written out about us but you know by major corporations and major news medias but they never go back and say hey we were wrong a couple months ago yeah you know of course not they, they never they never go back and fix that like they don't oh, clean we the wrong. stain no yeah and it's you know especially when you're like 27 28 you just want to fight everyone <laughs> yeah well, and i would have to imagine that completely changes your perception of what's actually going on with news media being you know firsthand involved in you know watching the destruction and what they are capable of when they want to be capable of doing it oh that's the truth i mean you nailed it i mean like really i mean i it's disheartening had, yeah i haven't had cable news and like and it makes you really just look at everything at a very, very cynical eye. Mm-hmm. Like, question everything. Everything that's good, everything that's bad, like, is there another motive behind? Yeah. You know? Who's paying the Who's paying the bills to make this destruction happen? Exactly. You know, and, and I'll, I'll dive in. I did a interview with a buddy of mine who does a lot of hemp stuff, CBD, and all that kind of stuff. And, excuse me, we dove into a plethora of 
information and knowledge that he had about the original hemp industry, you know, so many years ago and the destruction of that and how it was decimated. And then, right. you know, hemp was made illegal and obviously pot and everything else. But it's amazing the power that can be wielded when they when the money is right and they need to wield that power in order to shut something down no no you're exactly right that's a good i mean the hemp industry is another example of that of that industry right now that like you can you know big big corporation and stuff like that. shut it down yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah shut it down and that was back when I mean, everything was controlled by news media back then, but it's a different style of news media than right. what would have been around in 2007, 8, 9. Yeah. And all that. And the news is interesting now. So, and you know, and that's the thing is like, what I'm really trying to wrap my head around with what's going on right now is, you know, obviously before magazines won, newspapers won, you know, and then you had cable TV. And now the fact that we have, you know, we have our you know, top five news sources. But now everyone can kind of pick and choose where they want to hear their niche news sources mm-hmm. from or where they think is the and most correct. And the spin. Crowded. Yes, and the spin. Let's and put on it from that direction. Yeah. So, and you know, is, is that what's kind of like happening now today is like, is there so much going on with like, is that why things are getting so outrageous and so over-exaggerated? And so like, is it, is it just a base off of how many views or how many interactions can we have? And, you know, I keep on going back. I was like, wouldn't it be nice if we just went a year where we turned off all likes, all all analytics on what you say, so you don't have any feedback on what you ha- what yeah. you actually say, and like what would that do to the American psyche if we were? That'd be so interesting to watch unfold. <laughs> take away new sponsorships, take away everything, take away all know. the money. Just take the money out of it. Yeah, take I mean, the money out of it. Yeah, for news. I mean, it should almost be a public service, you know, mm-hmm. where it's. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, and that's what politics originally was, was public service, not, you know, an insane degree and, you know, Ivy League bullshit. You know, it was people volunteered and they had their regular job and then they were a mayor or governor or whatever else it was. And how remarkably things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to dive down that rabbit hole. No, no, no. I'm like, both of us are kind of like, how can we say it without saying it and then sidestep and let's let's go back to flip-flop sauce. No, no, not even the flip-flop sauce. Let's go back to Montana Knife Company. Yeah, no, yeah. (laughs) You know, so So, you were doing content and all that kind of stuff, marketing for um, fitness industry, fitness fitness products. And so what did you do after the collapse of that until you got brought into Montana Knife Company? So, yeah, no. um, So, yeah. So the cool thing about that fitness industry was, um, you know, so just kind of give you, it will lead into like where I went is, you know, I was, you know, at one point I was in charge of like one and a half million dollars worth of print ads a year mm-hmm. buying designing them for, you know doing photograph like from beginning to end yeah you know and then well your content w- is phenomenal you I know pr- the I photos you that. take and and everything you do is like top tier 100 percent. every time i see the stuff that you're putting together and the stuff you guys are putting out you know on social media or what have it like you know it's always top notch the editing the post production everything is fucking dialed oh, so thank you man. clearly you have a lifetime of experience <laughs> in doing it you know? yeah uh, you know a lot of yeah i have a lot of experience made a lot of mistakes a lot of testing it, but that's how you learn that's how you, you learn know? yeah that's, how you learn. that's part of it you know getting those critiques and learning and understanding and growing as an individual and a person and building your talent yeah you know which is oh i appreciate that yeah no, i really do I appreciate it a lot um 
But yeah, like going back, so, you know, I was in charge of all this stuff for magazines and, you know, that was awesome at the time. And then just one day we're just looking at it, we're like, is it making money anymore? And we're like, no. And we literally just turned it off. So it's, and then we just put all of our focus into social media. And um, it was really cool to, like, at the, the, I didn't realize until a couple of years ago, I was really looking back as like, I kind of got to like evolve with social media, especially marketing and all this stuff. Cause like that company and then the company I came into, um, you know, everything was all about just being able to interact with the customer, literally talk to the customer, be the face of the brand, talk mm-hmm. to the customer. So, I mean, Casey and I, you know, we were working together, but we were setting up like literally Facebook profiles, not pages because it wasn't pages at the time yeah we were setting up facebook profiles for our products and to interact with the people that were taking them and then like pages came and we merged those people merged our profiles into pages and then pages became groups and mm-hmm. it was cool to, so you know we that's were, an entire evolution it, it yeah, yeah. And, you know and watching social media like turn into like all oh, these people do want to market on there like let's give them the platform you know and a lot of companies like we're fighting it but we always looked at it as like, no, they're giving us the platform. Well, like, to be able to take a $1.5 million budget from print ads into social media marketing in the early stages of social media marketing, um, really, I would think, would give you such an upper hand compared to anybody who is fighting it and still going with print ads. Because they're definitely, and I, I mean, I think it still happens today. Like, I don't think print ads in magazines in the hunting industry, like, sh- sure, they come out to exposure a little bit you know but like what's the what's the roi on that like is is there really much of an roi on that like does that actually really help or is it more of you know what you were talking about the customer interaction and having that one-on-one relationship and communicativity with with your client base to actually nurture and embrace that relationship and watch it grow Right. No, and, and, and that's why I always ask myself, you know, about print ads and stuff like that and billboards and things. You know, I, I think there is something about, like, constantly seeing a brand. Yeah. Like, if it's just everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to see it. And it, it's going to, you know, you'll pick up that little nuance here and there and there. But, you know, I like to focus on where I can actually just talk to the customer. I want direct feedback instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to wait a month. I don't want to wait two months for a print ad to hit. You know, I want that instantaneous. And look for the spike. Yeah, that sounds so tedious. It sounds so tedious, but <laughs> but it's 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 true though. I mean, and you know, if you're, you know, and, and like what, what I like to think, like Josh and I are doing, like we're not, you know, we're we're obviously selling a really really good product, but along the way too is we're kind of building this group of people who really appreciate American-made manufacturing, American-made mm-hmm. products, American-made this, you know, the kind of the Montana style of living. Yeah. You know, that's a different type of style of living, you know, a lot than a lot of people are living. And a lot of people want that lifestyle right now. And, you know, you, and, you know, it's almost like everybody's thirsty for that lifestyle, but they don't know how to achieve it anymore because they're so far removed, you know, generation two generations removed from living that kind of lifestyle, you know, because of news media and everything else. Right. Pushing everything in a different direction, trying to destroy American traditionalism. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it right there. American traditionalism, just the simpler way of life or just not so much self-reliant, you know, and, and, and willing to do what you need to do in order to be successful for yourself and, and along the way, helping others. Yes. You know? Yep. And again, there, the helping others thing. I mean, that was, you know, I give so much credit to Josh on this, you know, ever since like day one, we, we literally launched one knife 
and literally the next month we're like okay how can we start giving back yeah you know and it wasn't even it was just like like we couldn't even believe the amount of support that we got that it was like it was instantaneously we're like okay we need to like figure out how to pay forward already yeah and now it's cool because now we do have a little bit bigger platform and we're able to make like we're able to give back bigger and bigger and bigger and i guarantee you and josh you know touch base on our veterans weekend and stuff like that and that like that right there just shows that like what you can do with your good especially like how you said is you know not even just raising money but also being responsible how that money's spent mm-hmm. you know is a is another really really big you know thing I got a best friend. You do have a best friend. <laughs> 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 huh, Doc? Huh. Aren't you the cutest puppy? Sorry. Keep no, going. No, you're good. No. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like, like going back to like my weird life travels. Um, yeah, so it went from there. Uh, and then I actually joined another. Um, so it was actually more of like a fitness and outdoor brand at one point. Um, Flagner Fell, owned by Robin, Dana Lynn Bailey. Um, they live up here in Montana. They're great people. Absolutely awesome people. Um, and you know, they, they wanted to get in the outdoors industry. They kind of brought me in for that. I helped them with a lot of their digital content, digital marketing, e-commerce, stuff like that. And, um, worked with them for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, then this opportunity kind of came for Montana knife company and, um, you know, it just felt right. It's, it, it's undescribable. You know, I started working with Josh, shooting some content with him on just his, you know, his uh, private knife stuff, his jo- you know, custom knife work. Uh, Josh Smith knives. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were just both, you know, just talking and, um, and, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I've always wanted to do like a hunting knife company. And I was like, I like that. And, you know, he had a box of knives sitting over there, kind of like half finished, kind of not finished. And he's like, we just, he's like, I just haven't had the right, you know, people to kind of like make it happen. I was like, I kind of know someone who does that. Well, what really (laughs) surprised me and something that he said was that he had owned the name Montana Knife Company since he was 19 years old. He's 40. You know, so he's been sitting, he's been sitting on this gold mine since he was 19 for 21 years. I know. You know, or maybe he was 39 when you guys, you know, put the webpage out last year and all that kind of stuff. But that's just nuts. Yeah. I know. I remember when he told me, he's like, no, I own Montana Knife Company. I was like, ah, do you really? Let me fact check that. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I got to see this for real. I was like, I was like, before we build anything, let's make sure we have the name. Yeah. And no, he did. He had the foresight to do that. And. Which is huge, which is absolutely huge because, um, you know, I don't see it. I don't, you know, I don't think the name is everything, but it definitely is a major. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a major, um, you know, a part of the company. Yeah. You know, for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, <coughs> water. <laughs> Shit. Um, I mean, you can't beat the name Montana Knife Company and especially being a homegrown Montana boy himself. And Right. You know, it's exactly. just, it makes sense. No, no, it, it's it's good, and it is. You know, everyone asks me like, "How's it going?" It's like, I kind of feel like I'm, like drinking out of a fire hose. That's literally what this past year has been. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one thing after another, after another, after another. It's the vortex, man. Once it starts going, it just starts going, and you have no idea what's going to happen in the next fifteen minutes. No, because every fifteen minutes, something new pops up, and it can be life changing completely or brand changing, everything, and it and it just doesn't stop. It yeah. just keeps going and going and going and going. And you, I, I'll speak for myself, you know, I'm, I'll make an achievement and I'll think that I can't top this achievement and a week, two weeks, a month, four hours, who knows how long later, 
something else happens that where I'm like, I don't even know how this just happened. <laughs> what, no, like, and it. it's so, it, like, even for me, like I can't wrap my head around everything as it's unfolding and as it's happening because it's so much, it's such a high rate. It's almost impossible to be in the moment to actually feel it because by the time the next thing comes along, you're still processing what just happened. And then it's it's on to the next thing, and the next thing is happening, and you're processing that. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I, you know, so since you're kind of like in it, so what do you think? It's not even like what's the catalyst, but what's driving that continuous vortex, like you're saying? Oh, I, I mean, I think <clears throat> that's on an individual base, um, and I think that it takes a special type of person in order to be able to. Um, have the threshold and mental capability in order to sustain that. You know what I mean? Um, I think Josh and I spoke a little bit about it, but um, I think that there's so much drive and um, personal integrity and ability uh, to network, you know, meet the people, you know, good people surrounding good people and, you know, the shitty people kind of get weeded out and the negativity and, and all that kind of stuff gets negative. It gets weeded out really quick, you know, and, and it's very, very easy to, I guess, discover, you know, the goods and the bads and all that. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, you know, if you're a good, genuine person, we kind of all just end up together at some point. You know, it's it's a different road for everybody to get there. But I think at the end of the day, everybody that has the drive and the motivation and, and the willingness to not quit and never give up ends up in the same place, you know. That, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, like, if you had told me four years ago that I'd be where I am today. Like when I first started talking about the sauce and filling five gallon buckets in my garage and <laughs> I love hearing that. <laughs> like that's how I was originally, I was selling, you know, quart jars and mixing it in my garage, you know, to people that wanted to do it for themselves in Sonoma uh. and Marin County. Like that, that's how I started, yeah. you know, with my sauce and I didn't have a name for it. Like, you know, we went through so many like schmeckle juice, flip flop juice, deer leg <laughs> juice, fucking you name it. We came up with like a plethora of different uh-huh. names, but nothing, nothing was ever like, I was never like, that's, you know, that's the name or anything like that. And <clears throat> unfor- like right now I'm in a, you know the the stuff behind the scenes that people don't hear about or understand or know about you know i mean i've i have a legal team and i've been dealing with my legal team for about a year and a half two years since before the brand was actually born launched and logoed and everything like that and i've been going through my trademark process and there's a company called the flip flop pancake shop and they're only open in <laughs> Oh, God, what airport is it? I can't remember. The Newark airport, maybe. And they're only open from like 6 or 5 a.m. to noon. And then they change the name of the location to whatever their lunch name is, right? But these people own the trademark of the flip-flop pancake shop. So they are fighting me on the flip-flop guy and what I'm doing. And it's 
you know, it's not a legal battle yet by any means whatsoever, but it's, it's becoming its own headache and its own problem. Uh And it's like, man, you guys are doing pancakes. It has fucking nothing to do with what I'm doing. Different market, different customer, different, like, and I'm not a restaurant, you know, like, you know, people can hire me for private events, you know, but I'm I'm not a fucking restaurant, you know, so it's. It's there's so much. So you know, when Josh told me he'd been holding the name since he was nineteen, I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you know, and these people came. They put came out with their trademark in two thousand and eighteen, yeah. which was already a year or two years after I had, right? You know, kind of decided what I was going to do and how to start doing it, and you know, everything like that. You know, and you know, then we're getting into sixty plus years since my grandfather first started doing it. So it's I know it's a process, man. It's a process. And, and I don't know why I went on that tangent. No, no, how no. we got into that, but no, it's definitely something. Like, well, it's a lot of things that people like in business don't like understand when they're starting yeah. and stuff like that. Because you also like you'll you'll drive down the you'll drive down the highway and you'll just see like a donut shop. Yeah. Like how many like donut shops are there? Right. You know what I mean? Like especially if you go to, like somewhere like Texas where there's like 300 donut shops. That yeah. All they say is donut. Yeah. Like <laughs> why? What? Yeah. Like so they can do that without any trademark issues and. Well, they're probably not trademarking their brand. No, no. That's probably what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's interesting how uh, the trademark world is. It's something that kind of like bothers me because it's so interpretive, mm-hmm. you know. And it costs money. It does cost money. And especially when you're getting further and further into it. It's like, you know, capital just goes out the door just for for lawyer fees. Exactly. You know, where I could be spending that money doing other things, pain in the fucking ass. But hopefully it all works out. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, well, so we're kind of like in the middle of the hunting season right now. What what were your plans for the rest of the season? Oh, my hunting plans? Um, I just finished up Kyrgyzstan. and. Woke up today. We were talking a little bit about it. Found out that I've made Kyrgyzstan news, local news, uh, with my hunting partner and the photographer. And today's kind of unraveling in a weird way. Like, never thought I'd be on local news in Kyrgyzstan for doing something completely legal that the government checked me out of their country and signed and stamped all my paperwork before I left. So... You know, I wonder what the ignorance is there within their own country and their own their own people. And I don't really give a shit. It's interesting seeing like their politicians and their UFC fighters and, you know, all these people that are from that area of the world with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers posting us on their social media <laughs> and like posting negative crazy shit and watching the blowback that's happening on us and you know kind of hearing trickles about what's happening with the outfitter and how they're being covered in the news right now and it's like really interesting today is really interesting but uh let's see what do i have coming up next i uh go to california for you know 10 days go go do a little deer hunting out there Uh, nice get to spend time with my family is really what it's about Uh, my family and my girlfriend and and all that and come back i can pick up my resident tags for montana october 28th um so i'll be a montana resident for uh the rifle season this year which i'm really excited about awesome yeah and i'll go out i'll whack probably six does and i'll you know (laughs) whack a deer or whack a buck if i get lucky and or whack a elk if i get lucky and see how that goes i'm supposed to maybe go down to south carolina for a deer hunt with bert uh, just on the on the ranch on the farm that they got out there and whatever they've kind of got set up and um, 
going to go down to Texas and go on a whitetail hunt in Texas. My buddy's been sending oh, me nice. trail cameras. Matt Forsyth, great dude, invited me down, and it'll be fun to go do like a a fun Texas whitetail hunt. I've never killed a whitetail, so I'm oh, excited. And the ones awesome. he's sending me are just like fucking <laughs> just studs. <laughs> Texas monsters. Yeah, dude. so I'm really it. excited for that. Uh-huh. And, and uh, a couple other hunts here and there. I mean – um, I might be going to, I think, South Dakota for a mule deer archery hunt because I didn't get to do archery this year. So uh, that would be really fun. I'd be super excited to go on an archery hunt. I think the Texas hunt will be archery as well. Okay. Um, yeah, this is my first year in 13 years where I haven't been out in the field with a bow, um, mainly because things were way too busy with cooking. And on top of that, uh, all the forests in California were closed. I usually... Usually by this time in California, I've probably got like 30 or 45 days in field, um, you know, that's setting trail cameras, um, scouting, following trails, deer trails, you know, trying to figure out where they're located, where I hunt in California is all migratory. Yeah. So they're not resident deer. They don't stay there all year. Um, and not having that 30 or 45 days under my belt right now, feels kind of weird to me, uh, just because I'm so used to being that immersed in my hunt and you know by the time <clears throat> i end up killing something that 35 45 55 days in the field actually pays off a lot you know because then you know no longer looking at you know milk lip bucks i'm getting into mature bucks and having time in the field and understanding where they are what their routine is and how everything's working out out there so it'll be fun to completely go into the field blind this year in california and and see if i can produce or not produce and you know i'm looking forward to it yeah but that's kind of my season for the rest of this year nice so okay you you have to tell me more about hunting (laughs) in california Uh because it's something that you know i mean you know that's something we like a lot of people don't talk about yeah people don't talk about it you know and i know that there's really good hunting there. there's great hunting in california um you know, I mean, for the place that I hunt, you know, is I would say for public land is 3% or less success every single year. Um, I'm very fortunate to where, like I was saying, I get to spend enough time in the field and understanding what's going on. My family's been hunting this area for over a century. Mm-hmm. So I have a really good idea of what's going on within a 40 to 50 mile radius. You know, I'm not, I don't walk into one canyon and look for deer there for 10 days and not find any and then that's my season. You know, I hit several canyons throughout the entire year and I understand the migration route or, you know, when the wind's blowing 40 miles an hour, I know where to go look where the wind is not blowing 40 miles an hour uh, to be able to find mature animals. And <clears throat> all that kind of information really is beneficial. Um, or if it rains, I know which canyons and which draws you can go catch 20 or 30 deer moving down that drainage to get to lower elevation because they know winter's coming and the migration's starting. Um, but, yeah, California, I mean, I would say what you can get with a general tag in Montana is what you'll get in a premium zone gotcha. in California. You can find premium bucks in general zones. Absolutely. It's all about time. It's all about time, effort, and energy and what you're real willing to put into it. Um you can get lucky, uh, just like anywhere. You can get just lucky like and, yep. and find a monster um, on a weekend hunt, you know, being a weekend warrior. 
which I've been able to do several times in my in my life of hunting California. Um, but California has amazing Rocky Mountain elk hunting, if you're lucky enough to draw it. It has amazing tule elk. It's the only place for tule elk. Uh, it has amazing Roosevelt elk hunting, uh, amazing mule deer, amazing blacktail, amazing sheep, amazing antelope. You know, it, it kind of has a full spectrum of animals that people seek to hunt, you know, as far as that notch in their belt of species killed. Um, you know, and, and again, it all goes down to how much energy and time you're willing to put right, into, right. you know, what you're looking for, the caliber, class, animal, and all that. Yeah, it's, it's just so wild because, like, you know, you know, I grew up in, like, the middle of the Appalachians, like, right outside of Pittsburgh, Johnstown, PA. So, you know, we always wanted to hunt the you know the west uh-huh. you know, we always want to hunt montana wyoming yeah. maybe alaska you know the conversation of, a lot of california n- never even came up yeah it wasn't ever even an option and, well, it's and the cool thing about california is you're allotted two deer tags two buck tags a year which not many states ever will allow that no um as a resident and a non-resident um the bear hunting is phenomenal in That's california right there's plenty of record bears if you're willing to put in the time and energy Again, time and energy. Yeah. That's the biggest part about <laughs> California is like, because, I mean, there's been times hunting California, I've gone fucking 10, 15 days and not seen a doe, you know, like not seen an animal. Wow. You know, and that is when it really starts getting on you. <laughs> like, that's when the, when that mental, that mental battle really starts to take over. Mm-hmm. Why am I fucking doing this? What am I doing? A really prime example of that would be... I was out, this is maybe, God, 2015. I was out for 12 days, didn't see an animal, left where I was hunting, went out to Mendocino Coast, Arcata and all that, went and hung out there, blew some steam off, went camping by myself, you know, like, just hanging out. I I couldn't, like... I was overwhelmed in my head about what the fuck was going on. Like, no fresh tracks, no animals, nothing. Like, it just wasn't happening at all. Um, Went home for after that camping trip. So I left the mountains, went straight out to the coast. Then I went down to my my house, and I took off the following Friday. I got back on, like, a Monday. Took off the following Friday. Went back, and then I killed two bucks in under 24 hours. (laughs) First time I'd ever done something like that with my bow. I killed two bucks back-to-back. You know, it was like 6 p.m. the one night and then, you know, 6 a.m. the next morning. Wow. Which was like, you know, that was, but that, that, those were the only two animals I saw for, you know, whatever that time span was, that archery season. And I was done. I was tagged out in the state. But, you know, it's, it's a struggle, man. It's for sure a struggle. I'm sure anyone from California listening can relate to what I'm saying because they're living it constantly, and that's part of the reason why I left. I just I don't want to live that struggle. <laughs> that's a lot of I struggle. Want a little bit, I want a little <laughs> bit more of a accessibility to animals, and I want to see mature bucks and pass yeah. mature bucks. And, you know, last year in Utah, I was hunting uh, West Wasatch, and that was a grinder of a hunt, you know, but... I think on that hunt, I ended up passing 13 or 14 legal bucks. I mean, I was on legal bucks every single day, and I just never got to the caliber of 
of animal that I wanted to shoot. So I didn't shoot anything. Yeah. You know, and I walked off that mountain and I was super proud to do it. And my dad passed legal bucks the whole trip and there was plenty of bucks that he could have shot that he didn't want to shoot. And, you know, everything was all good. So that was a, a really rewarding <clears throat> feeling as far as I was concerned. No, that, that's, that's a huge step in the evolution of like, act, you know, becoming a hunter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. it's especially understanding, like, there's also success to that, to that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't successful in the, in the fact of killing, but it was successful in the fact of um, gratitude for myself and what I was able to accomplish myself. Yeah. 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 It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. That's cool. Yeah. So we're going to go back to you because... <laughs> I know we're talking about me right now. It's not what's supposed to be happening. Yeah. I'm not supposed to talk about me. <laughs> Interesting being turned into the interviewee. Um, so you and Josh started off and for you coming in and like kind of getting involved before you became partner and everything like that and helping him grow the business and all that. When he kind of came to you and was like, hey, man, I want you to be a partner in this business and I, and I want to make this equitable for you as it is equitable for me and I really want to bring you in under the fold. What was that like? What was that whole process for you? You know, th- that was, it was, it was wild. It was awesome too. Um, you know, because I was, you know, I was helping Josh, you know, before the, you know, obviously that, that all kind of came up. So it wasn't like, you know, him coming, just trying to find a big name and bring into the brand. You know, I was there. So, um, I mean, it was huge to, you know, to get the equity part, all that stuff. Um, but also, too, like, the company was still kind of just, like, a thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just floating along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, when, when I came on, I mean, we were still, like, you know, we had a couple Blackfoots to sell. Um, you know, and we had them on the site, and they weren't moving. And, you know, it was just, you know... And then just the, it, it wasn't like me getting brought on, but it was just like that fall, you know, something just clicked with the brand and clicked with the people around the brand. It clicked around with everything. Um, All the pieces started falling into yeah, place. Yeah, it did. So it was cool to see it from like, I mean, really from the beginning and then just, just total blast off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean... Did you ever think that that was going to happen? Did you ever think that that was part of you, that this was your future? If you dial it back even a year ago, you know, or not more than a year, a year and a half ago, did you ever think that, like, you were going to put your camera down? I know you made that post the other day. And when I read it, I was like, that's just so cool. (laughs) Remarkable for me to read that post and and know the intensity and emotion and and everything that comes as you, the, the person who's making that that statement like i know the feeling behind that i i can relate to the emotion that you're putting forth i guess um you know into your statement and i i i was like super like i was humbled by reading that because like i understand it you know so what was that like for you kind of being like you know putting the camera down and doing doing more and and getting more involved and and all the other facets oh yeah no i mean that's you know, it was definitely, you know, because obviously, like, a camera was my ad- identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, my screen name for 12 years was Haraho Photo. And you know you're taking I mean? it off. I took it <laughs> off. And, I, and, and, like, it went to just my last name, and I was just Brent. That's just my name. And it's, like, yeah. this weird, like, internal struggle, you know, I had to deal with, too, is because, you know, everyone saw me as just a photographer. But, you know, over this past year, you know, 
I was given this opportunity to like grow this giant brand with Josh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So us together well, doing becoming this, a, Goli- a Goliath. Yeah, it's something it's fucking it, epic. It's dude. something to us. It's still the small little company that we're running out of Josh's shop. But yeah. I understand there's a you know we're starting to get a bigger footprint than we really are. And then I mean that you know that it's becoming this thing, mm-hmm. and I love it. I absolutely love it. And this is the first time in my life where like I'm a hundred percent vested in just growing one company, you know, just growing this thing, turning it into something bigger than both of us. Um, and it's something neither of us has ever seen. And like Josh and I, we have to have this conversation. Literally it used to be like, it's, it feels like it's almost like every other week. Like, mm-hmm. can you believe we're here? Can you believe <laughs> what we're doing? Can you believe this opportunity that was given to us? Can you believe this? Like we, we always have to like, kind of like humble ourselves, not even like humble ourselves, but just like, look back and appreciate where we were just three months ago yeah you know where we were just six months ago and it's got to feel so good to have someone for josh and for yourself to share that with oh i couldn't bounce that back you know back and forth with it's it's great because i mean josh is i mean everyone knows josh is one of the best humans there there is absolutely it doesn't get better than him super genuine bar none great guy best dude so just being able to grow it with him is insane because it's it's so cool too because like we're both of us come from such different backgrounds, yeah. you know, and we're, we're very, very, very different people. So it's not two knife makers who came together and made a knife company, you know? Yeah. So it's so cool. It's a fitness supplement slanger and a, <laughs> and a, and a, and a, you know, Montana garage knife guy. Exactly. Exactly. So, but you know, but like kind of going back to the beginning of our podcast, the, the common thread is our love for the outdoors and our love for hunting. Yeah. You know, that's, and it's, it's just wild what's what's kind of you know been happening these past couple of months. Um, it's it's still so crazy to think back lately. You know you know you know like obviously like our knives are always sold out and stuff like that. And people are like, why are they always sold out? And it's like you know a lot of the runs that we you know when we start a run, it usually takes three months to finish. Yeah. Three months ago, we were a completely different company. Mm-hmm. Six months ago, so you're basing it off of what you're projecting for the next three months. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So your projections are completely. Not that they're off, you know, right? But they're exceeding what your standard was. Yes, by, a, you know, a long shot. Right, right, and you know, and our our goal from the beginning was like, no, we want to bootstrap this. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal isn't to take investment. Our goal isn't to you know put both of us in credit card debt. Our goal isn't to do this. Like, no, let's grow this sustainably, and let's hire as many people as possible. But then also, if we're hiring someone, you know we're building the foundation correctly that we can maintain that that position you mm-hmm. know so we've nothing to worry about and that's what we've been doing just month by month by month by month and yeah. but you know there's also a little bit of that that struggle of like forecasting because we don't want to get outside of our own you know you know we, we, we don't want to try to grow too big too fast and then then, and then you have to start making weird business decisions to make money mm-hmm. versus grow the business. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that's kind of like where we're at right now. We're, we're doing this healthy, sustained growth over these next couple of years until we can get up to the point, you know, where we can actually start bringing in a lot more manufacturing, like right on, you know, right on the spot and stuff like that, too. And, you know, our goal is like we want to have a bunch of of employees you know we want to have a ton of employees that are making great living wages in montana that are proud to make an american product um and they're proud to work for a company like this you know because you know we were just talking about this earlier today all these businesses are having to shut down because they can't find people to work them Mm -hmm. you know um 
we're in, we're in a fortunate you know position where people are DMing us every day like, hey, I'll move from Kansas today if you hire me. Let me get a job. <laughs> Let me get yeah. Like I'll move from X Y Z state <laughs> yeah. and move here, and and that's the nice thing about Montana it has some pull too. But you know, um, and you know, everyone who wants to submit a resume, you know, we tell them submit a resume and it's going on file. Like there's no no's. And when it's, we get to the point where we can hire you, if we can hire you, we'll hire you. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so cool. It's just been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, and, and kind of like go back to like the, you know, the original question is, you know, like what, that feeling of, you know, kind of losing identity of just like a content guy and photographer and e-commerce e guy and growing into something in, into a position that creates something bigger than us. That's, that's where I'm at right now is like, all right, Josh and I both are building something that's so much bigger than just our names mm -hmm. and like who we are and stuff like that. And we're working, you know, it's almost like this idealistic, like we're working for the logo of MKC now mm -hmm. because we know at one point this is going to be so much bigger than what you're doing now. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Yeah. And just trying to have as much fun as we can while we have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. while we're doing it, cause that's the best part It's like, it doesn't get more fun than this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a remarkable lifestyle, man. You know, it's a remarkable lifestyle and it's <clears throat> it's funny people from the outside looking in and then living in it looking out and the difference in perception of of what's really going on and we were talking about this a little bit Josh and I and about how you know you look at all these brands and all these different companies and you know it's it's this huge company but then when you get in it and you get behind it it's it's actually a small company and you know, there's there's a few key players that kind of make everything work and, you know, a few good people behind the scenes that are really like crushing it out and, you know, working and it's work, it's job, it's, you know, it's labor, it's a labor of love and in yes. and, and a lot of places and, you know, it's just always so interesting to me to, you know, be on the inside looking out instead of, you know, where I was six years ago on the outside looking in. Yeah. You yeah. know. And, and, and that's probably a common thread for a lot of really successful businesses. It's probably, you know, it's probably a lot smaller than you think it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably a core group of guys, girls, you know, that are kind of running everything and keeping everything focused. Yeah. You know, when you hear giant corporations and giant, you know, things, like, you, you know there's a lot of probably things that could be trimmed or, you know, a lot of more politics than, mm -hmm. you know, than actually work getting done. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So where do you think you see yourself in the next year? Oh, man. That is – I'm, I'm glad you only went one year. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, just whatever this whatever the sustained growth is right now, um, hopefully within one year um, we have more employees. Um, we've – you know, we have a lot of our steel uh, situations, you know, uh, limited steel availability situations solved. Um, we're being more self-reliant on ourselves. Um that's where I see us in here. I mean, everything right now is just kind of focused on the company and just growing it as much as possible and getting knives in the hands of people who actually, you know, who want them. Mm -hmm. Did you, and you were talking about all the different folks that are sending you guys photos and all these different folks having such a passion for the knives and the brand. Did you ever foresee that happening? Did you, like, was that something you envisioned or was that, that's just a byproduct of, the growth of the business and what's been going on. Oh, it's a total byproduct. It's absolutely, I mean, we, I never expected, um, 
the level of brand commitment that like our you know our core guys have yeah and you know and it's crazy because they're all in our dms i talk to them every day they all like if you dm us you get an answer back yeah and and the only people answering our dms is josh and i yeah so you're you're literally talking to the owners of the company we want to hear it we want to talk to you we want to hear your experience with the knives we hear what we like about the knives if there's something you don't like about the knives we want to hear that you know because that's the nice thing is josh and i can make a decision to change something instantly mm-hmm. you know there's no bureaucracy um no bullshit no bullshit <laughs> and and that's and you know not even the knives but the people who are wearing our apparel mm-hmm. like you know it's just the the people the people worn our apparel it blows my mind if yeah. you would have told me a year from now that some of these guys were wearing our apparel and posting about it, i'd be like you're lying yeah you're well drunk, i sat down and white and i was like you gotta be <laughs> fucking kidding me dude <laughs> like that's the most like <laughs> random thing i mean and that's all you but know, that's our, badass it, it's so badass and i mean you know that's from one of our one of our good brand friends i mean bo sandoval who's down in vegas yeah I mean, bo's a great guy he's another guy. one of the best of the best humans i mean he you know hooked us up with dana and you know even just you know having relationships with like dudley and cam and like all these people that are just like you know a year ago were unattainable not even unattainable but now they're actually like we would consider some of them friends mm-hmm. which is even cooler than yeah than that you know they don't even need to post about us with just the fact that we can be able to reach out to them ask some questions and just talk to them and it's just it's remarkable mind, yeah it's mind-blowing yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah dude it's again that vortex man it's the vortex it's the it's vortex, vortex dude. <laughs> yeah my buddy dallas put it to me that way and he just blew my mind when he put it that way and he was like dude the vortex is real and, <laughs> and i was like motherfucker it's real <laughs> like, it yeah, is it it's is. crazy cool man well we'll yeah. wrap it up there dude and we'll get we'll get into meeting with andy who just flew in who's a who's a vet and yeah you know kind of figure out what we're going to do here for the rest of the day and yeah, have a we, good time yeah we have a couple hours of blow let's go uh let's go bang some steel and yeah have some fun yeah i'm in man cool right on thanks for your time dude thank you thanks for tuning into the show folks if you'd like to check us out online our website is www.theflipflopguide.co you can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard We encourage this and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website, Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.